Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Good morning. What a day so far. Jeez. This has been awesome. It's like a overload of just goodness and amazingness and it's really because of each and every one of you the energy you've brought into this room the openness so I want to start just with a, a nice little prayer and just invite God to open us up to receive what he has for us this morning so if you join me Holy Spirit we thank you for your love for your guidance and your direction. You have brought each and every one of us here this morning for a reason and a purpose. No coincidence, no chances. We are here because we want to hear from you. So we ask that you would open up our eyes to see, our ears to hear and listen. Open up our hearts to receive what you have prepared for us. May the word that is spoken plant seeds of your grace in each and every one of our lives that can flourish and grow into something beautiful and magnificent. We welcome you into this room, and we attune ourselves to you. Amen. All right, everybody. So my message today is all about how to have a good day. You know, we all love to talk and think about how to plan to have a great life when we don't even know how to have a good day. So let's start with step one. You want to have a great life? Awesome. You can dream and plan for the future all you want. But let's begin with today. We got to learn how to seize the day, master the day. What that means is, We don't need to delay our peace and our happiness for some other time other than now. Don't wait to be happy when your circumstances are different, when the season changes, when things look the way you've always wanted them to look. No. If you can't find peace and happiness in this moment, you won't find it ever. Wishing and hoping for tomorrow to be a good day is actually pointless. It's a waste of time because when you get to tomorrow, it's going to be today. So how can I find peace here, now? Because that's where it always resides. You're looking for God? Right here, right now, always present, always available. I love the scripture that says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. My favorite part about this scripture, it doesn't tell you what to rejoice And be glad for. It just says, 
Be happy. Rejoice. Be glad. This is the day that God has made. Well, why? What's the reason? It's not given to us. That means it's an open field. So what should I rejoice about today? Anything and everything that I can. I will take any excuse to be happy today. Even the smallest of things. In fact, the smaller and more seemingly insignificant, the better. Because if I can be happy for the little things, I'll never run out of things to be happy for. And you'll just notice that the universe is so abundant. And God just continues to give and give and give and give and give. I learned how to do this because I used to take any and every excuse to be miserable. So now I just flip that on its head. In the past, any little thing that I could find to make me angry and frustrated and get me in a bad mood, I would grab it. Now, I'm happy about anything and everything. It doesn't matter. My cup of coffee in the morning brings me so much joy. I'm so lucky because at the hospital that I work at, we have dogs on staff. <laughs> Golden retrievers. So I'll just be walking around and all of a sudden, I see freedom. That's his name. <laughs> and he'll just come up to me and wiggle his tail. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Sometimes I'll just sit on the floor in the middle of the hospital. Just, and there's like nurses that are walking by and they'll come and sit on the floor with the dog. And so much joy. All the little smile, the exchanges of smiles that I get throughout the day brings me so much joy. When I walk into the cafeteria and I see um, my buddy who's a janitor and he's cleaning the bags every day at the same time, he's, he's taking out the bag and I say, what's up, man? He's like, hey, what's up, brother? I love that. It's just so small, but it brings me so much joy. There's a scripture that says, rejoice in the Lord always. Anybody ever heard that gospel song? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, again, I say, rejoice. Okay, we got a couple church people. <laughs> rejoice always, all the time, in every circumstance. What if things are going bad, Danny? Even better. Well, how can I be happy when things are going bad? Do you like to grow? Do you like to mature? Do you like to change? Do you like to experience transformation? Do you like to hear from God? Because that's when you're going to hear from God the most. When things aren't going your way, when everything's going fine, we tend to forget about God. We're not really listening. We like to take credit for everything that's going on. But when things are going bad and you get to the end of your rope, you got nothing else to hold on to but God. Oh, it's like he, he speaks with a megaphone in our pain and our suffering. See, you don't have to be afraid of bad things happening in your life when you realize that the worst thing that could ever happen is what's happening in your mind. This is your heaven and your hell. Every experience in life is a mental experience. So it's not what we go through that makes life unbearable. It's how we perceive it. And so if we can learn how to shape our perception in such a way that we see God in everything. See, if you don't see God in everything, you won't be able to see God in anything. If you don't see God in all, you won't see God at all. So whatever comes my way, it's God coming to me. And so I welcome it with open arms. I embrace it.
It's really not hard to have a good day, people. All you need is a little faith, a little love, and a little surrender. You need faith to trust that it's all happening according to God's plan. You need love to keep your energy clear and open, to keep your heart space open and receptive. And you need surrender to release control. You have faith, love, and surrender, you're going to be all right even when things aren't going your way. Faith, love, and surrender. Faith, love, and surrender. That's the practice that you implement over and over and over and over and over again. So today, my agenda for us, I want to give you a recipe for having a good day. It's inspired from La Mesa last weekend. You know, we were talking about recipes and different ingredients and things of that sort. So I'm going to give you a, re a recipe for having a good day. Now, this is not the recipe for having a good day. Okay? <laughs> this is a recipe for having a good day. So if you want to use this recipe, use the recipe. If you want to add a little sprinkle of something else, add a little sprinkle of something else. You want to take that out, take it out. Okay, but this is a recipe for having a good day. Here's the first ingredient. Prepare your mind. A good day begins with a good mindset. When you wake up in the morning, it is natural for your mind to just drift towards negativity, drift towards the problem, drift towards all the issues. And it takes a lot of intentionality, which is the next point we'll get to. It takes a lot of intentionality to retrain your mind to focus on the good, to focus on the beautiful. So if God is involved in everything, it is possible to find the good in everything. That's our theological and philosophical grounding for this kind of stuff. If God is in it, there's good in it. And there's nothing that God is not in and through. He uses all of it. So it's up to us every day to make the conscious decision to focus on the good. And when your mind whispers negativity, when your mind reminds you of all the issues and problems that you have, you don't have to entertain it. You can actually ignore it. Or better yet, you can question it. Isn't it crazy how much easier it is for us as humans to trust the ego and question God than it is to trust God and question the ego? I second guess everything my ego tells me. Because the ego is really just a bundle of other people's thoughts, opinions, and judgments that have been passed along to me. And the ego distorts reality and keeps you from seeing things the way they actually are. So why would I believe something that contradicts reality? God is what is ultimately real. And if God is good, then by implication, everything God does is good. Which includes anything and everything that is happening in my life. So if I have a thought that is not loving... If I have a thought that is not kind, if I have a thought that is judgmental and negative, I'm not going to believe it. I'm going to question it. Is this true? I doubt it. <laughs> doubt it. We love to be skeptical of other people. We're never skeptical of ourselves. <laughs> we trust our minds way too much. You know so little. <laughs> you know so little. Remember, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so you got to get out of 
your constant loop of negative thinking to even begin to see the broad daylight of God's vision for your life. But you won't be able to escape the noise. You won't be able to escape the madness in here unless you learn how to doubt your ego. Doubt the negativity. Don't just take it and believe it because that's the way you've always seen it. If you want change, if you want something different, you've got to learn how to question your own mind. Look at what the scriptures say in the Psalms. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm not wishing and hoping that today is going to be a good day. No, no, no. Today doesn't have a choice but to be a good day. Goodness follows me. Everywhere I go, goodness follows me. So I may not be able to see that in certain moments, but that's not life's problem. That's my problem. That's not God's issue. That's my issue. I've got to retrain my mind. I need to refocus my thinking. And like the scriptures say, set your mind on things above, not below. So you start right there. You wake up, your mind is focused on things below. You make that conscious decision to set your thinking, set your mind on the things above. Here's the second ingredient. Set an intention. If you want to have a good day, you cannot leave it up to chance. You have to be intentional. Intention is what determines the quality of energy that you bring into your day. So when you set your intention, you are setting the trajectory for your day. You're directing your aim. And what happens is, as you begin to align your actions with your intentions, your experiences then begin to follow suit. And you know what's the best way to prepare your mind and set your intention for a good day? Prayer. What a beautiful way to start your day, through prayer. Prayer lifts your awareness into the presence of God. It elevates your consciousness. It connects you to the spirit within you. And it helps you to shift your thinking so that you can start to see life through a spiritual lens. The more you pray, the more you'll be able to recontextualize your problems and see them in light of God instead of in light of your fear, your worry, your anxiety, your concern. And what I love most about prayer is that prayer doesn't have to be relegated to a moment of your day. Prayer can be brought into every moment of the day. In fact, why don't you make your whole day a dialogue with God? And it doesn't mean you always need to be talking. Because, of course, there is verbal prayer, but there's silent prayer where you're listening. There's also just communing with God through your actions and your activities. So when I prepare my messages for Sunday, I think about that time as a dialogue with God. When I'm having conversations with other people, I think about that time as a dialogue with God. And I'm listening. I'm paying attention. I'm taking and soaking all the good that I can from every person, every experience, every moment. And what prayer does is it places you in a particular posture that allows you to be more receptive. You enter into a receptive state of being. A lot of us tend to live in a constricted state of being where we're closed off because of all the pain that we've been through. 
or we live in a hyperactive state of being where we're constantly just worried and stressed and always trying to make things happen. Well, guess what? It's really difficult to notice God when you're so busy and you're so caught up in your own activities. It's very difficult to hear the voice of God when you're withdrawing from life and from other people because you're afraid, because you've been through so much pain that you're not willing to put yourself out there anymore. But on the other hand, when you are receptive, now you become attuned to God's voice. You're able to receive all the goodness that God has for you. You're more receptive to what it is that God is trying to teach you. Prayer is one of the best ways to also let go. There's so many emotions that we feel throughout the day. We get triggered because of a conversation that we had or something that someone said or something that someone did. And we feel angry and we feel sad and we go through these roller coaster of emotions every day, which is so beautiful and normal. But you got to do something with that emotion. You got to move it somewhere. Otherwise, it's going to get stuck in your body and you'll literally get sick. So one of the best ways to move that energy, I mean, we have a lot of heartway healers here that can teach you how to move that energy. I'm going to just keep it simple today, y'all, until you pray. Just pray. You feel mad, you feel angry, you feel sad, you woke up feeling depressed, turn that over to God. And wow, he's going to lift you up out of there. It's literally that simple. We don't have to complicate this thing. And then you make everything that you do a dialogue with God. That helps you not only to set your intention, but to reaffirm your intention throughout the day. So I've mentioned in the past, I love to start my mornings. When I get out of my car on the seventh floor of the parking lot, on purpose because I get this beautiful view of the hospital and then I look on the other side and it's the hard rock and all, you know, this, you see the beautiful landscape of the city. God, would you just make me a vessel of your love? Make me a vessel of your peace. Today I'm going to practice your presence everywhere that I go. I'm listening. I'm receptive. I'm here. I'm available. Every encounter will be a divine encounter. You see how that just... And then when I start acting like it is so, <laughs> that is how it is. My experiences follow suit. So you prepare your mind. You set an intention. Here's another good little ingredient to sprinkle in there. Cultivate gratitude. Cultivate gratitude. Whatever God gives you, be grateful for it. Not just the good things, the bad things too. Sometimes God's going to give you a beautiful gift and it's going to have a bow on top of it. And when you open it up, it's suffering. Oh, come on, Danny. Man, I don't like this church no more, man. What are y'all doing? It's a gift. It's a gift. It's, it's very easy to be grateful for the good stuff. Real gratitude is taking whatever life gives you and telling God, thank you for this. Thank you for this. Even the trial, even the tribulation. I accept this as something that is good and necessary for my life. I will choose to see this as a gift. You see, gratitude has a very transformative quality to it. It, it changes everything that it touches. So if you touch a difficult circumstance and situation in your life with gratitude, if you bring gratitude into that situation, it will completely transform it into your favor, into your good. It turns it into something that is useful and beneficial for you. 
And so I'm grateful for it. Gratitude makes the mundane miraculous. It makes the ordinary extraordinary. It'll turn your deserts into beautiful gardens. And so something that I'm learning, and this is a process because it's not easy, is I'm learning how to be grateful for people. Let's be more specific. Difficult people. (laughs) Annoying people. Frustrating people. Petty people. Okay? Why would I be grateful for those people? Because those people are creating the context in which I can experience greater change and transformation in my life. It's like that scripture that says, iron sharpens iron. Right? There's going to be sparks flying. That's what we are for each other. So the more you annoy me and frustrate me, the more I need to look within myself. I stopped blaming other people for triggering me a long time ago. I trigger me. I trigger myself. If you insult me, well, if I accepted that insult, that's on me. If I don't accept that insult, then you can insult me and it won't affect me. But if you insulted me and it affected me, it's because I accepted it. I believed it. I took it in as something that is real and true about myself. And so guess what? I've got some work to do. I've got to look within me. What good will it do to point the finger at you? You're not going to change for me. And you're definitely not going to change if I come at you the same way that you're coming at me. So better to solve your own problems instead of making other people the problem. Gratitude. I'm I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for my friends, my enemies, the good circumstances, the bad circumstances, the favorable moments, the unfavorable moments. Because all together, God uses this to create the context in which I can grow into the image and likeness of Christ. And so I'm grateful Grateful for the people that betrayed me. I'm grateful for the people that abandoned me. I'm grateful for the people that talked bad about me when I thought we were actually friends. I'm grateful for the people who screwed me over and took my money. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Danny, you're crazy. Okay, I like this kind of crazy. Do you have a better option for me? Do you have a better option for me? Because I don't like holding on to the anger and the bitterness. What is that going to do? So I'm going to be crazy. I made that decision that I'm going to be crazy, but I'm going to be this kind of crazy. That's it. Thank you. Yes, I got one person on my team. Somebody died. I'm grateful. Y'all aren't ready for that one. We'll get there one day. We'll get there one day. It's all a gift. It's all a gift. The next ingredient. Nourish your body. This one's important if you want to have a good day. You got to nourish your body. A lot of us think of mind, body, and spirit as separate things, but it's all connected. If your body is not well rested, if you're malnourished, if you're not putting good things into your body, if you're not staying active, that will inevitably affect your mood, your attitude, your energy level, and The reverse is also true. If you're always stressed and anxious, that's going to have an effect on your body. I can't tell you how many people I come across who are sick. And when I ask them what the doctor said, 
the doctor said, you're too stressed. This is a doctor that goes to medical school for years. And they, the, the response that they have for some people is, you're, you're actually like really stressed. <laughs> so think about that. This is all connected. Some of us are begging God for a spiritual solution. We're begging God for a miracle. When what we really need is a nap. <laughs> really? What you really need is a workout. What you really need is to get up and just walk outside. Put your feet on the grass for a little bit. Get in tune with your body. Your, your body is holding your emotions. There will be like many days for years, for years, that I would just wake up. I would wake up and look to the left. Ah, everything's like this. And now I'm like this all day. I'm like. <laughs> and I, I, I was thinking to myself, why is, it, why is this the case? I have so much tension on my neck. Oh, my God, here. And then I would, I would just look to try and switch lanes. And I, everything would tighten up. And now for a week, I can barely work out, can barely move. And I was wrecking my brain. What's going on? Why am I feeling like this? Then I started just paying attention to my breath. Then I started just slowing down and taking a few moments every day just to check in with my body. Started learning how to release some of the tension that I'm holding on to. The whole time it wasn't a physical thing, it was actually an emotional thing. And when I dealt, dealt with the emotional thing, the physical thing started getting better. Now, it's not always that kind of a correlation. But a lot of the times it is. And so listen to your body. Pay attention to what's going on and nourish your body. Give your body what it needs. Stretch a little bit. You know, roll your neck around. All the guys, you know what I'm saying? Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. This next one is my favorite one. It's my favorite ingredient for having a good day. And I heard this a long time ago, and it stuck with me. Be where your feet are. Isn't that such a beautiful phrase? Be where your feet are. Most of the time, we are not where our feet are. I can't tell you the years and years of my life that I spent as a youth being disassociated from what was going on. Because I was just in la-la land in my mind, thinking about what I thought was actual actually a problem when it was nothing. So I wasn't even really present to people and things because I was just up here in my imaginary world, reliving the past, freaking out about the future. Be where your feet are. It's actually a good practice, too, to bring your awareness to, to the bottom of your feet and the ground that you're standing on and keep your awareness there for a little bit. Turn on and activate your senses. Be in tune with your environment. Get out of your head and get into the present moment. We're always thinking about the next thing and the next thing after that. Bring yourself back to reality. That's not reality. It's imagination. Past is imagination. You're imagining what the past was. And what you imagine it to be is not actually what it was. 
And I know I'm sorry because some of y'all are like, no, I know what happened. This is what happened. No, that's how you are interpreting what happened. Because we can't help but interpret what happens. And there's other ways for you to interpret what happened. Your freedom, your peace, your happiness in life is actually dependent on you reframing how you interpreted what happened. So if you're stuck on, this is what that person did to me. I remember. I got the receipts. (laughs) You can do that. You can stay there. But you're going to remain in prison. You want to set yourself free. You've got to recognize that your images of the past are just that. Images of the past. And they can be shifted and changed and transformed. That's scary for a lot of us because we're like, what's real? What's reality? This. Now. Some theologians speak of existence as the eternal now. So if you think of life in the context of eternity, what is past? What is future? It's only ever now, 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 now. So there's one uh, Catholic thinker who speaks of the sacrament of the present moment. So for those of us who grew up in uh, Catholic tradition or even you know, more uh, traditional Protestant settings, a sacrament is essentially a physical, it is a physical symbol and a physical doorway into the spiritual realm. So to speak of the present moment as a sacrament is to say this present moment right here, right now, is a gateway into the eternal. It is a gateway into the presence of God. So, you know, if you've ever taken, like, communion before, that's a sacrament, right? The, the bread and, and, the, and the juice or the wine it represents the, the body and the blood. Well, when you're, when you're taking communion, it's a holy moment. It's a sacred moment. It's a, it's a doorway into the presence. So what would it look like for us to consider the present moment as a sacrament? Whoever's in front of me right now in this moment, you are my doorway to God. I have a buddy of mine. Uh, his name is Levi, and he's a poet. And he literally travels all around and just shares his poetry. And he has like this wonderful following of weird people that are amazing. <laughs> I'm one of them. I, I you know, I, I go to his stuff. And, and uh, deeply devoted to God, a mystic at heart, which is why I resonate with him. And on Instagram every day, he started doing this thing where he, he posts like the, the most randomest things. Sometimes it's like a funny video. Sometimes it's a serious video. Sometimes it's just a video of a tree. Whatever. It's just the most random things. And in the bottom he'll say, today's doorway to God. So beautiful. So what are your doorways to God? What are you making your doorways to God? Everything can be a doorway to God. Look at this quote from the Stoic Marcus Aurelius. He says, limit yourself to the present. This takes a lot of discipline. Limit yourself to the present. Only if you want to be free. Next. Walk in love. Walk in love. 
And here's the big concept with this. This is all I want you to get from this one. Love lightens your load. Do you feel like when you wake up every day, it's just heavy? You're holding on to a lot of stuff. And when you're still bitter and angry about what that person did to you and how they turned their back on you and you're just plotting your revenge, you realize like some, sometimes we can get so crazy with this stuff that we start living and doing the things that we do just to get other people mad, just to get other people back. Now, if that's you, that's normal. I've done that a lot. But you got to snap yourself out of it at some point because now you're not even living your life for you. So you're going to let that person that hurt you and did you dirty to now dictate and control your life in such a way that you can't even live freely without thinking about how they're going to feel when they see that you went there or you hung out with this person or you did this or you did that or look at how I'm succeeding so much. That's a heavy burden to carry. Love will lighten your load. Keep your heart open. Keep your heart open. That, I mean, that was my lesson. When I got divorced, that was the one lesson that God kept. That was, it was the one thing I could say I heard God tell me. Danny, you keep your heart open. I don't care what it is. You, you, you don't, don't even go there. <laughs> you keep your heart open. And you know what? Sometimes there are days where, you know what? I have to forgive again. I have to, I have to let it go again. But I do it gladly because it lightens my load. Keep your heart open. If you carry around this negative energy with you, you're going to bring more of that into your life. Walk in love. Walk in love. Some of us, we're not even able to recognize and notice the love that is constantly being made available to us because we're so hurt that we don't trust it. We don't believe it. Some of us, we're not even aware that the love is there. We're looking for love. You woke up this morning. God loves you. Look at this person who keeps reaching out to you. They're still your friend, even though you're a horrible friend to them. God loves you. God loves you. You got breath in your lungs. God loves you. You got a warm meal. God loves you. You got a place to sleep at night. God loves me. And then everything else on top of that is icing on the cake. It's just the cherry on top. I'm at Casa Sensei today. God loves me. You know? Look at the beautiful beach. God loves me. There's all, it, love is always ever abounding towards you. But if you're in that constricted state, you're not going to be ready to receive it. Walk in love. You'll start noticing more love. You'll start becoming more loving. And then you become invincible. Love makes you invincible. Literally, love makes you invincible. Love is your strength. So whatever it is someone says or does to you, if you can stay rooted and grounded in love, if, you, if, if that doesn't cause you to get out of character... What more can you ask? That's, just, that's so amazing. Why wouldn't we, we want that for ourselves? That's who you truly are. 
It's who you truly are. You are love through and through. God is love. And until you find that love within yourself, your life is not going to make sense. So you walk in love. The next ingredient, feed your curiosity. And this one is a lesson that I learned from Jesus' constant emphasis on being childlike. Be childlike. Feed your curiosity. Make your life an exploration. Make every day an adventure. That's why I like having uh, Melody around. You guys know Melody, right? She does this, yay, little handcuff for Melody. She makes Heartway go around. She keeps this place going, you know? Life is just always an adventure. What is God going to show me today? One of the best ways to get your mind out of a rut is to stimulate your mind by learning new things, having higher level conversations, right? Feed your curiosity by getting out of your routine. One of the best lessons that I learned at a, at a mega church that I used to work at, and the, the lead pastor there did such a good job at this, even though it was a little frustrating when I was working for the guy, but now I've come to appreciate it. He would just change things for the sake of changing things. Why? We just, we just switched it up. Well, it's time to switch it up again. You just change things for the, the, the sake of changing things, to get out of a rut. Get out of your routine. Try new things. Have new experiences. Open yourself up to new people, new places, new conversations. Make room for unscripted moments. If you don't have room for the unscripted moments, you're missing out on life. So you feed your curiosity. And then last but not least, crucial ingredient for having a good day, rest and reflect. Rest and reflect. Look at this quote from Socrates. He says, the unexamined life is not worth living. It is impossible for us to grow and mature as human beings without taking some time to self-reflect. Self-reflection is like a compass that brings you back to your core. So it's a good thing to get in this daily habit of practicing introspection. Right? Take some time to inquire into your thoughts, your actions, your desires, your choices. Not to beat yourself up about it, just to learn more about yourself. That's all it is. You can't beat yourself up and guilt yourself into changing your life and becoming a better person. Does not work. You'll get so frustrated because it's not happening for you that you'll just say, huh, I might as well just stick with it even though I know this doesn't really make me happy. That's how guilt is. Some of us never get out of that thing. I lived in that for a long time until I finally realized unconditional love, unconditional grace, unconditional forgiveness is what God is constantly giving to me. It's not God that's making me feel guilty. That's me. Right? When you walk in that love and that forgiveness, you can be real with yourself. A lot of you know that I've done recovery work for a very long time. I still, uh, for the last year, I've been going to a recovery center in West Palm Beach on Sunday evenings to lead a spiritual support group. It's one of my favorite things that I do. 
And yeah, it's three hours. And they don't give me three hours worth of pay. Okay, but I go because I love it. One of my favorite things about the retreat this past weekend is that I got to sit at the feet of adulterers and addicts and liars and cheaters who were teaching me so much about God. Step four of Alcoholics Anonymous is to make a fearless moral inventory of yourself. A fearless moral inventory of yourself. That word fearless is crucial. Of course, we're scared to confront ourselves. We don't like what's there. But you're just shining the light on it so that you can send some love towards it. And if you can't offer that to yourself, you get around a group of other people who have problems just like you. You fearlessly get honest with yourself about yourself and let other people love you as you are. If you're so afraid to be yourself because you're scared that other people are going to judge you, you're also not letting people love you. Of course people are going to reject you and say bad things about you, especially the people who have suffered as a result of your stupidity. I mean, they're not going to just love you now all of a sudden, you know, or be nice to you or kind to you when your stuff has made their life more difficult. Okay, I'll go find somebody else who will love me into wholeness. And they're there. Some of you are like, Danny, I don't know where to look. Hello, Hartway. Welcome home, everybody. Where nobody has, to, has it together. <laughs> nobody has it together. Nobody has it together. Your pastor is not innocent, everybody. Listen. <laughs> okay? It's the truth. The only, the reason why it's not hard for me to live up to what I teach is because the only thing I teach is be yourself. Be yourself. That's it. Be ruthlessly honest with yourself about yourself. Admit your wrongs. Humble yourself before God. Ask for forgiveness. Then begin to share that forgiveness that you've experienced with other people. Then begin to pinpoint the things that you want to look different in your life as you do this fearless self-inventory. And give yourself grace through the process. The change will come little by little over time. Three steps forward, two steps back. Three steps forward, two steps back. A righteous person falls seven times, then he gets up eight. That's it. You just keep getting back up. And then before you know it, you're running a marathon. You're doing this thing. Most beautiful thing about self-reflection is that it increases your empathy and your connection with other individuals. Because the more you come to understand yourself, the more understanding you will be of other people. Oh, I get it. I get why they're like that. Because I'm like that too. I get why they act out in those ways. Because I've been in that position too. And so your sense of interconnectedness with all of humanity begins to grow and life gets better as a result of it. So that's my recipe for having a good day. Okay, I think it's a pretty good recipe, guys. I'm kind of happy about it. Yeah, so, you know, 
do with this what you would like, add your own little flavor to it, but hopefully this will give you a good start. I love each and every one of you tremendously. Make today a good day. Go in peace. Be well.